history has known many great liars. Copernicus, Goebbels, St. Ralph the liar. But there have been none quite so vile as the Tudor king, Henry VII. It was he who rewrote history to portray his predecessor, Richard III, as a deformed maniac who killed his nephews in the tower. But the real truth is that Richard was a kind and thoughtful man who cherished his young wards. In particular, Richard, Duke of York, who grew into a big, strong boy. Henry also claimed he won the Battle of Bosworth Field and killed Richard III. Again, the truth is very different, for it was Richard, Duke of York, who became king after Bosworth Field and reigned for 13 glorious years. Ladies and gentlemen, the spectacular Spider-Man! Face it, Tiger. You just hit the jackpot. Otto Octavius was weak. Call me Dr. Octopus. From now on, we're poison to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Someone is so getting the look. Tell me there's something better. Go ahead, try. It'll be crazy. You can't deny. It's like Christmas in July. Welcome back to another episode of Spectacular Radio. I'm Zach Joyner, the executive producer and webmaster of spidey-dude.com. As always, we have Mr. Greg Bashansky, who is actually our host, but he likes me doing the intros, so there we go. I hate you so much. Guess what my favorite line of dialogue in the episode is? I think you used it as a tag for the last episode. <laughs> actually, I didn't. I used the globalization line. Uh, so the, we know what the tag of this episode will be. <laughs> All right. Also joining us is the host of Mayday Mondays, Mr. Gerard Delatour the second. Zach, why are you yelling? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can you can tone it down a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's just how's it going, folks? Great. How are you? They're not answering because they're listening to us right now. They were saying, "Oh, it's great. I, I'm having such a great time. I uh, it's June. It's summertime. I'm sweating. It's my balls it... off. I mean." Yeah, it's weird weather. <laughs> it's weird weather for Unless they're listening. Well, 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 Zach, don't assume what part of the country or what, what part of the world they're from. They could be listening in Alaska for all we know. Hey, oh, one... look! 12 hours of sunshine! It's the first time we've seen sunshine all year. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, Zach, you know you know who else has like 12 hours of sunshine? Everyone. That That's just pretty normal. <laughs> I think you're thinking of when they have like 22, 23 hours of sunshine. Yes, yeah, sorry. My, my bad, Alaskans. You're, feel, you're free, fools, feel, feel, free, feel free to write the hate mail to SpectacularRadio at gmail.com. <laughs> hey, Greg, speaking of that, do we have an email that was sent to us? We do have an email, but it was, it was sent to us a very long time ago because it's been a very long time since we recorded. Oh, well, let's, you know what? It's been such a long time. Let's, let's read the email anyway and act like we're back in time. Okay. All right. You want me to read it? Yes. <laughs> Hi, Greg, Zach, and Gerard. I love the show and miss Spectacular Spider-Man. I have a few questions. Number one, with Young Justice coming back, do you think Spectacular could? I'm just kidding. I know Greg hates that question. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt well I'm the done. only one. Well done, Scott. <laughs> Here's the real number one. If you could have seen one more villain in the show, who would it be? Hobgoblin. Jordan? Spider side. No, I was kidding. A hobgoblin. <laughs> Zach? Cletus Cassidy! <laughs> Zach, Zach, he's in this episode. I know, but I wanted to see more. <laughs> I wanted him to be sucking up life forces and stuff like that. Come on. <laughs> we'll get to these jokes in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right, question number two. Are there any classic stories you would have liked to see Wiseman and his team adapt? 
the night Gwen Stacy died. Stop stealing my answers, Greg. <laughs> I, I, actually, I was going to say that because I just like seeing Gwen Stacy die in various media. Because I'm going to go As long as it's not no. a giant Rube Goldberg machine. Mm. Oh my God! Like in Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man too. <laughs> why were they in a? Why were they in a whimsical clock tower that was in an electrical plant that was just out in the middle of nowhere? Like that? What? <laughs> Um, actually, I, 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 that isn't actually my answer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh my god, I suddenly forgot what my actual answer was. All right, let's pretend it was Night Gwen Stacy died. <laughs> Zach, Cleveland's last haunt. Yeah, especially after we interviewed the guy last time. <laughs> yes. See, with uh, see, would that, would that work in this show? Because you know, Craven's already an animal, and like, he's appeared like twice. You need, you need the history of him being a jobber like I discussed in the last fan panel. I know, I know. But I still would like to see this team tackle fearful symmetry. Mariah! Mariah! Do we put vermin in it? Yes. Why not? <laughs> yeah, notice nobody said vermin for question one. <laughs> I, I, I like vermin. The point is he's not the one that you would think if you had to only pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, I, I got to figure there's somebody out there who's got to be the biggest Vermin fan on the planet, who's the J.R. Fettinger of Vermin, and he's just sitting there right now cursing us out. Yeah, I'm yeah, I, I, I know who that guy is. His name is John Mark DiMatteis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. He, I, I remember the Sabusima drawn Death of Vermin. Shortly before uh, Spectacular 200. All kidding aside, JMD, I love you if you listen to the show, which you don't. <laughs> yes, I, I love you too, JMD. We wish you were still around to write Spider-Man. To write Spider-Man. He's not dead. What the hell? He could still do it. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Hey, she was back writing Spider-Man. We need someone to write Spider-Man correctly. Ugh. Also, Zach, also Zach, if we do that, uh, if we do that Grim Hunt episode, those two of us we've been talking about, he has a backup story in that. I, I know. <laughs> see, for more, see Clone Saga Chronicles. And if you want to hear what we think of modern Spidey comics, listen to our um, <laughs> Clone Conspiracy podcast for Clone Saga Chronicles. That's the <laughs> doozy. <laughs> Ah uh, yes. <laughs> if, if you if you wanted the podcast equivalent of a bunch of guys taking baseball bats to a pinata, <laughs> that's, that's what that episode is. <sighs> yes, yes. All right. He has a third question, and I'm going to aim this at Greg because Greg's the one that has the answer, I think, for this. Because I'm, I, I don't think I've watched Rocky Horror Picture Show all the way through. But anyway, he says, if you could cast the panel of as characters from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, who would be who? Well, I would have to reach out to friends of the podcast for this also, because there's only really three of us here. But Zach, he would, of course, be Brad, because Brad is this straight-laced guy from middle America, although you're from Texas, who's, quote-unquote, a hero. I mean, I suppose for um, Janet, we would have to pick friend of the show, Stella. (laughs) Oh, poor Stella. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, Stella. For um, Dr. Scott, it would have to be you, Gerard, because he's sit there judging all of us. <laughs> nice. I suppose Bertoni would be Dr. Frankenfurter since he's pretty much a resident female impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Josh. We want you to come back on the show. And um, yes. let's see. I suppose I would be Riff Raff because I'm really grumpy and surly. <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right. Next question and final question is: What do you think of the Mar- Netflix Marvel shows? Thanks. All right, Scott. All right. Um, the only one that I've watched a lot of is Iron Fist because I had to watch it for an episode of, of the aforementioned Stella's podcast, Batgirl Oracle. Look it up. We did a whole episode on it, uh, which which I hated. So <laughs> <laughs> Iron Fist is, I- Iron Fist is legitimately a terrible show. <laughs> As for as for the others, I just haven't caught up because I'm someone who doesn't binge watch things a lot. So shows like this are the kind of thing I immediately just fall behind on, and I never catch up. 
I like some more than I've liked others. I did not like Iron Fist at all. I'll get to that more in a moment. I thought the first se- I really liked the first season of Daredevil. I thought Vincent D'Onofrio was perfect as Fisk, and I liked um, I forget the actor's name, but he was Punisher in season two. He was really good. Blumenthal. Je- yeah, I-, I thought Jessica Jones was terrific. I'm not the biggest fan of the character in the comic, but you, but they actually picked a, a great showrunner and a great cast for that. And Luke Cage has a lot of style to that. And as for Iron Fist, I watched three episodes of it. I pretty much hated it. It didn't have the crime noir of um, of Daredevil. It did not have the um, style of Luke Cage. And it wasn't tackling anything new that, like, knew that Jessica Jones was. It was just really badly choreographed. And this is the ultimate kung fu guy of the... Um, of of Marvel, I mean, how could you have bad fight choreography on a show like this? It was just boring to watch. Well, you had bad fight choreography because they cast a guy in the lead who was an embarrassing-looking, <laughs> overly thin guy who has a hand-eye coordination for potato. <laughs> yeah, he was from Game of Thrones. <sighs> That's the only reference I have to that, but but I have to be honest. The way he reacted to the negative press of that, he said one stupid thing after another. I mean, I mean, first it was, oh God, and I'm actually going to defend him this time, so this isn't what you think it's going to be. He blamed it on, he blamed people hating it on Trump, and he, fuck you, no, your show just sucks. <laughs> and, you know, coming from me. <laughs> You see, no, 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 you know uh, Roger Ebert's book, Your Movie Sucks? Of course you do. You probably have a, a copy in your house. Yes, I yeah, uh, a hardback and, and uh, paperback. <laughs> if, 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 Greg, if Greg is working on like a, a kind of unofficial sequel called Your Show Sucks, <laughs> because he just hates television. <laughs> Except except for like three shows, you hate everything else. Breaking Bad, and uh, let's see, let's all... Let's, Let's break out the Malcolm McDowell voice because for reasons. Uh, that's the worst. Back. That's the worst Malcolm McDowell in history, Zach. <laughs> it sounds more like a Bob Odenkirk impression. I hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk Alex Jones. Hey, didn't I just name three shows? I'd like. I mean, the Fox Jones. guy. <laughs> all right, we better get on with this before. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> because if you get me on an Alex Jones rant, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then he said, "We this show is for fans. It's not for critics, and that pisses me off for one thing. One, it implies that critics cannot be fans. And two, it implies that fans don't want sophisticated or well-done stories and plots, that fans are just stupid and will lap up whatever you put down in front of them. Also, I'm a huge fan of the 70s Iron Fist, and Power Man, and Power Man and Iron Fist runs, and I thought the show was awful. <laughs> What the hell is he talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, I know there was other controversy about it, but I don't care about that. I mean, granted, jokes about white guy karate are kind of funny, but you know what? Chuck Norris wasn't there, and he's the Marlon Brando of white guy karate. <laughs> <laughs> what was that lead actor's name? Canada Finn, Finn, Finn. twice. <laughs> What's that actor's name? Finn Jones. Finn Jones. Yeah. Finn. Finn. Finn uh, spent a little less time worrying about the critics and a little more time hitting a fucking gym. You skinny bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like I could break his entire skeleton with one punch. That's bad. Skeletor. <laughs> All right. I, I. We'll get to me and then we'll move on and actually get. I don't know to the episode. Um. Uh, I, I. I watched both seasons of Daredevil and loved them. Um, Punisher had me crying when he's talking about his family in episode three of uh, of Daredevil, season two. I, you know, he, he look. I like me, me and Gerard are probably the only two that like the Thomas Jane version of the Punisher. <laughs> Jason does also, but he's not here. Um, I'll, I'll, there are things I enjoyed about it. It wasn't my favorite, but I enjoyed the Russian, and I um, also enjoyed the over-the-top way John Travolta died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the only thing that was missing from the Russian scene was a jackknife powerbomb. <laughs> Forever we will be sticking in refer- wrestling references to all the shows on the Unless Network. <laughs> uh, exactly. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed, but I enjoyed uh, Blumenthal's portrayal of the Punisher, and I'm really looking forward to his series. Now that I think that they're getting away from like the um, 13 episode format and doing like eight episodes, and I think uh, for both the Defenders and for uh, I think Punisher's show is not going to be uh, 13 episodes either. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing it being a little more, little more tightly plotted, plotted because I think Jessica Jones was a little too long. I have not watched Luke Cage or Iron Fist, so I can't comment on those. Um, I'm almost scared to watch Iron Fist. Uh, Iron so. Fist, uh, you, you talk about 13 episodes being too long. Iron Fist has that problem. Um, I, I would, I, I would say it's about. Uh, 13 episodes longer than it should have been. <laughs> uh, really, I mean, I, to me, I feel like Jessica Jones could have been done in nine episodes. There's about three episodes you could have completely eliminated. Um, <laughs> Apparently, Zach is bad at math because that means that it would be 12 and not 13. <laughs> Four episodes that could be eliminated, but, jackass. But I do think that's true about all the shows we just said. I mean, smaller episode I runs like, means a tighter plot. I, I think it'll be better. I mean, I, all of the shows felt stretched out to an extent. I didn't really feel that with Punisher. Oh, with Punisher. Uh, <laughs> with either the Daredevil seasons. Like, every single Daredevil episode was so well done that I felt like I wanted more each episode. And yeah, you could have probably eliminated one or two episodes from each one, but I felt like that as a whole, Daredevil was stupid strong. Yeah. And uh, well cast. Jessica Jones was well cast. I, again, I can't really comment on Luke Cage other than his portrayal, uh, Luke Cage appearing in Jessica Jones. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was really well cast as well. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, Defenders looks like it'll, it looks pretty, pretty good. Um, I know that the, there's a different showrunner, so maybe, uh, I don't know, Iron Fist isn't going to look like a Limpristed wuss. Um, the way he might have looked in his in his in his show. Um, but other than that, I feel like um, uh, they're very very strong, and they're some of my favorite uh, things on television. And they far 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 surpass um, special snowflake and the uh, and the shit squad. <laughs> I mean, uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield. Oh, which is going to be canceled after this season because they moved it to Fridays. Yes. And, they, and they've got Inhumans coming soon. Because Notice how fast that show got greenlit after Faggy took it off of the slot when Ike Perlmutter was removed from the movie process. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Perlmutter comes in and says, Hey, Jeff, so here's what you're going to do. I don't know if he's, he's Israeli. He's not Russian. But, oh, every, uh, oh, everyone we hate is Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Vladimir Putin, So. Craven the Hunter. We will talk about him later. Uh, <laughs> not Vladimir Putin. We'll talk about Craven. Uh, but well, uh, actually, actually, you should probably address the Putin thing because um, he was supposed to guest star on this episode, but we couldn't. He couldn't make it because he was busy. <laughs> you know, he, you know, he was, he was a little busy running one of the largest countries in the world. And we couldn't quite get him, but don't worry, we'll get him on another episode. Mm. Yeah, he's running his army of internet trolls. <laughs> Oh uh, yes. Anyway, but uh, I got I got so sidetracked. Oh, Ike Perlmutter coming into Jeff Loeb's office saying, "So those uh, Inhumans." <sighs> yes, yes, Jeff. Yes, sir. We we'll we'll we'll, we'll greenlight a, a series. Good. Very good. Kevin Feige's like, "Thank you, Lord." <laughs> Oh, Kevin Feige hated that guy, but apparently everyone at Marvel hates that guy. Notice that ever after they cut they cut Promoter out, all of a sudden Marvel Studios became a more pleasant place for everybody to work at. <laughs> yeah, because Disney's like, we have a truckloads of money, and Promoter's like, no, we must cut money. <laughs> mm, I don't like how big the budget for Civil War has become. Oh my God, Zach! It's so hard right now to resist the uh, Jews and being cheap joke right now. <laughs> Stop baiting me. As the resident Jew, you know what? I'm okay with it. <laughs> oh my God, we have so much hate mail. We have even. But here's the thing: Here, to, to the man's to the man's credit, to the man's credit, when Ike took over Marvel 
he had to do a lot of those type of cuts. So I, I get his hesitancy towards um, spending a lot of money, but at this point, Marvel Studios is printing money. They might as well spend money and making their movies even better so they continue printing money. So, But, th- but Zach, if they continue to be cheap, that means more profit, and that's all they care about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> moving on to the episode, right, Greg? Yes, moving on to the episode. Okay, this episode was written by An- our friend of the show, Andrew Robinson, who wrote the first Sinister Six episode, among others, Reinforcement. Okay, I'm going to read a summary here. As Christmas Eve approaches, Spider-Man cases the big sky billiard hall, a hangout for street thugs looking for intel on where the equipment Mysterio stole vanished to. Interrogating a bookie named Blackie Gaxon, Spider-Man learns Mysterio is fronting for a new crime lord who's been hiring everyone from two-bit thugs to construction workers. Spider-Man catches sight of a man in an eye patch, aptly named Patch, escaping and corners him. Patch informs him that Mysterio's boss is called the Master Planner. And Phineas Mason, the tinker, is watching from a hidden camera and informs the Master Planner that Spider-Man is closing in. The Master Planner instructs him to round up the usual sp- suspects, Rhino, Craven, Dr. Octopus, Sandman, Mysterio, Electro, and Vulture. On, in Rikers Island Penitentiary, a prison guard inspection reveals Adrian Toomes to be a hologram and Quentin Beck to be an android. As the prison is sent into lockdown, the guards discover Sandman and Rhino have escaped as well. At the Ravencroft Asylum, Otto Octavius and Ma- Max Dillon are attending a group therapy session when Craven breaks into freedom. Electro coldly denounces Octavius, who has seemingly reverted back to his original meek, mild personality, seemingly, and leaves with Craven. At the skating rink at Rockefeller Center, Peter and Liz flirt while Gwen watches forlornly. Flash attempts to skate with his broken leg, prompting Liz to rush to his side, and when Peter attempts to regain her attention, she rebukes him. At the Master Planner's base, Tinker introduces Craven and Mysterio to the other members, and the Master Planner, appearing as a, as a silhouette on a TV screen, announces his intent to inaugurate a new age, that of the supervillain, by killing Spider-Man. Back at the skating rink, Gwen finally confronts Peter, telling him that she's gotten tired of waiting for a response from him, and that if he wants to go after Liz, she won't be his second choice. Mary Jane chides Peter for his indecision, telling him he has to make a choice and focus on what he wants. Peter's discussion with Mary Jane is interrupted by the arrival of Electro and Vulture, and despite having burnt his tongue with hot chocolate, Peter changes into Spider-Man to confront them. Taking MJ's words to heart, Peter, Spider-Man manages to pin Vulture beneath a giant Christmas tree and seal Electro in molten rubber, but is ambushed by Sandman and Rhino. Spider-Man lures him to the docks, using a fire hydrant to turn Sandman into mud and goading Rhino into jumping into the frozen oak river, his weight shattering the ice and causing him to sink. The water-saturated Sandman freezes him solid, with a little help from Spider-Man and a tree full of snow and Spidey spots Shocker and Doc Ock on the roof of a nearby skyscraper. He attacks them, only to discover they are Mysterio's illusions, and is ambushed by Craven. During their fight, Spidey, Mysterio, and Craven trash Macy's, with Mysterio accidentally taking Craven out with an exploding android. Spidey interrogates Quentin Beck, who refuses to reveal anything, and the police arrive to arrest him. Back at the rink, Peter arrives and is berated by Gwen, who thought he had been crushed by the tree. Peter begins to apologize to Gwen, only to be interrupted by the police, discovering that the vulture has vanished, along with Electro, Sandman, and Craven. At the, at the Master Planner's base, Tinker informs him that the extractions are nearly complete, and at Ravencroft, Otto is dragged away screaming by his own tentacles. At home, Peter and Aunt May unwrap a picture of Uncle Ben and reminisce about him. The And Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas in June. <laughs> Merry Christmas. So, ho, ho, ho. So this episode, as I said earlier, was written by Andrew Robinson, who wrote the first Sinister Six episode. So we have a little bit of another, we have another group therapy session. Oh, and for those of you 90s fans out there who are into this extreme crap, there's Cletus Cassidy. Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to suck your life force. <laughs> well, you're not going to succeed because I'm going to throw you into a time dilation portal before you have a chance. No! <laughs> to which then, uh, you know, 50, or 25 years later, the actual ending of, uh, of, of 
the Spider-Man animated series is leaked online thanks to a uh, a Kickstarter campaign written by John Simper where Carnage becomes Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Get it? Zach, this has been known for years. <laughs> it's not like it's some kind of it was some kind of secret. So he was uh, killing people for Mister Sinister. Yes, <laughs> I hope you. I know you guys get the reference. Oh yeah, you know what's funny that that was what was that the second to last episode of the X Men animated series. Yes, where where they did that was actually a really great episode. I was surprised when I went back and watched that series again. I'm like, a season five is pretty terrible. But that one for some reason was was a really good episode. But anyway, <laughs> this is not the X Men animated series podcast. This is the Spectacular Spider-Man podcast. Meanwhile, on that other show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so it's Christmas in June. I mean, I... So what did we think of this episode? Um, Zach, we'll start with you. I enjoyed it. Um, I think the Master Planner has done... His arc has been very, very strong this particular uh, this particular couple of episodes. This episode and the next episode will cover... um, Next time on the fan panel, um, but I really enjoyed the interplay between between the characters Rhino and Sandman, Vulture and Electro. Uh, Electro is just a bumbling idiot who is a bit of a hothead, which kind of makes sense when your head is made of electricity, which is hot. <laughs> that was a stretch, Zach. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, it's the equivalent of a flaming skull head. Kind of like Ghost Rider. <laughs> now it's on. Uh, now a neutered version of Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I thought I was just one who... What happened? I mean, you're the one who's trashing the show right and left now, and I barely say a word about it anymore. Well, I, it, uh, the sad thing was is he was probably the best part of Season 4. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, I enjoyed... Pretty much the the entire episode. I thought I thought that the dying tongue bit was really good. Well done by Josh Keaton for doing that. Yeah, Josh Keaton apparently held his tongue in the recording booth while doing that with his fingers. Well, I mean, if you have done your tongue, you know that it's very very painful. So yeah, there you go. What I liked about that, that it's one of those things that can only happen to Spidey without being that Dan Slottish nuck, 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 that Parker luck. Oh, we did it. We mentioned Dan Slott again on the show. It has nothing to do with it. Mentioned him. him three times, and he appears like Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, and mention Harlan Ellison three times, and he'll appear and berate you for all your failings as a human being. I was going to say, if Dan Slott appears after you say his name three times, what does he do? Clean out your fridge? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's getting edited out. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> executive privilege. Um, I don't. I don't edit this. I have you no don't executive, have privilege. executive privilege. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't edit this show. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, Anyways, Zach, hey, Zach, continue with your points. Um, I, I I felt like that the animation was really really solid. Fight scenes were really well choreographed. Um, the uh, the little the the thing that kind of struck me. I forgot that MJ was like freak the hell out uh, in this episode. You know, uh, when you see her on the, on the rink and and it's not too long. I, I can't remember if it's before or after the... Uh, the tree had just fallen. She almost got crushed by the giant Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. The tree! The, the tree! tree. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it was kind of nice to see that little bit of character moment. Um, it was nice to kind of get um, some stakes with the high school crew because most of the time the high school crew is, you know, kind of off doing high school things. You know, we've seen them kind of sort of interact and interplay, um, but it was nice to see some stakes. I I really felt like that, it, again, the MVP of this episode voice-wise voice was definitely Mr. Keith. Um I, I felt every single, uh, every single fight. I felt every single line. He just—he really, really did well in this episode. He did. And speaking of MJ and voice, so I'll defer and... to uh, Gerard. 
Well, before we do that, or are you going to give some kind of grade or something? Oh, I am so sorry. Oh no, we're not. We'll, uh, we'll, save, grade, we'll save grades for the end. Plus. Okay, let's say we're saving grades for the end. Okay. But, uh, okay. All right, we're good. Uh, let's, let's start with the positives for me. Um, I, I like the way that they set up the mystery of the master planner here because they actually give enough red herrings and actual clues that you can kind of figure it out. As opposed to one of those fake uh, BS mysteries where they don't give you any actual clues. Um, now, on the one hand, it's like, if you know the Master Planner story, you obviously know where this is going. But on the other hand, they at least they try to, they at least pay some lip service to trying to swerve people by having Dr. Octopus, for example, not join them in that kind of thing. To try to play up the idea that, hey, maybe he isn't, even though we kind of know he will be anyway. Um, like Zach mentioned that the whole gag with the burnt tongue was really funny because it's like, you always got to come up with some kind of hook for the banter. Otherwise it's just the same all the time. So it was nice that they, that they had that. Although it's funny because both times he's faced a sinister six, the first time he had no banter cause he was asleep. And then this time he, he was all just <laughs> banter, which is funny. Um, I love Vulture's I, reaction to it at one point. What? Yeah, like I, I, at the same time I was watching that, I also went, what, when he, when he finished his line? <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> yeah, because Vulture was uh, really trying to understand what the hell he just said. <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of Zach and I making re- wrestling references, I like that the, rather than being a, a tornado tag match, this one's a tag team turmoil match. <laughs> Where where they attack him in in three waves of two instead of all at once, because again you got to differentiate it from the last sister six fight, and that's a nice way to mix it up. And also it, it makes like logical sense that if you're throwing six characters together, they're not necessarily going to work well together. So they were paired off logically. I, I like that kind of thing, even though it's not really ever stated. That's why they did it. You, you can see the logic behind what why it's happening. Um, and just and just one little. Uh, Extra note that I really liked was uh, the way that the uh, the Waltz of the Flowers came into the soundtrack while they were fighting in Macy's. Oh yeah, yeah, I love that the Nutcracker. Yeah, yeah, like it, it just sort of it it just it just suddenly faded into the soundtrack as like you know because it was probably on in the background in the department store, and then like the the actual music in the background just dropped out. And it went full source music. That was really good. <laughs> um. As far as the negatives, though, uh, uh, there are a few very strange things in this episode. Uh, I'll just get it out of the way first because this is an easy nitpick. That that when the tree fell over, that horrible CG effect they used. Ooh, <laughs> that was brutal. Zach, what are you doing? I have no idea. Like, like, uh, sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I was getting distracted by that. Um, yeah, I don't know what the deal with that was because it, it, they on, kept. Hang on, hang on, hang on. My, uh, my Pamela just effing froze. Mine is still going. Mine still, is going? still going? Yeah. Okay. All right. Keep going. Um, it, it kept switching between this horrible CG effect and hand-drawn animation, and it looked really odd because the CG effect was, was horrendous. It was one of the worst I've ever seen on the, on the Yeah. Movie. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that yeah. was a negative. On yeah, that was a definite negative, especially for a show that is animated really well. There was no reason for that. Right. It just made it extra jarring. I'm going to guess they just ran out of time because that's the sort of thing where you would use that as a guide and then maybe um, transfer it over into your art style. But I guess either they ran out of time or they just never thought to do it because they just left that affected. It looked like a temp effect, basically, is what I'm saying. Um I had a good laugh because, of course, if you're from New York, you would know, how on earth is Rockefeller Plaza that empty on New Year's Eve? <laughs> Christmas what Eve. the hell? Christmas oh, Eve. Sorry, oh, sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, Christmas Eve. I misspoke there. Like, what in the hell? <laughs> the budget. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that was really odd <laughs> because, like, the only people there are, like, like eight high schoolers or whatever, however many were there. <laughs> Okay, here's what I think happened. There, a press release was put out saying the Sinister Six are coming, and everyone is staying away except for the high schoolers who are too self-absorbed to read the news. <laughs> well, except that when, when the battle leaves the plaza, the, the streets are just packed with traffic. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't an actual excuse. I mean, that was <laughs> Your no prize has been denied. 
Yeah, I wasn't even going for one. I was not even going for one. But um, there is a, a moment in this episode when we're talking. You mentioned the voice acting earlier. Vanessa Marshall as MJ has a moment at the end where Peter makes his excuse, and she's like, so you just missed all the action. The way she delivers it, if you subscribe to the theory that she already knows, it's like, come on, Tiger, put up a better excuse than that. <laughs> what do you think? I think you might be on to something there. Personally. Zach? Zach? Yeah, I, I think that that absolutely could be the case. Um, that was kind of, and it was really the other part that I really liked in this episode with MJ and Peter was like when Peter's like, "So, how you doing, MJ?" and she like kind of gives the shock face, and she's like, uh, "I could use some cocoa," you know, <laughs> like like she's like, "I like you, but I." Uh, yeah, we're talking about you getting to go with another girl. Don't make a pass at me now. <laughs> like, are, you, are you kidding me? All right, I need to go distract you. I mean, this this is the classic example of of, of what Wiseman has said in the past about Peter Parker and his dating life and, and being a high school kid uh, about um, the Sweet. hormones. Like, yeah, uh, like oh, hey, look, shiny thing. There's Liz. Oh, look. Slightly less shiny thing. There's Gwen. Oh, look. <laughs> really shiny thing, but she's out of my league. MJ. Sorry. My <laughs> bias might have just come through there. I'm sorry. I share that same <laughs> bias, and I'm pretty sure Gerard does also. Indeed. I, I, have, one, I have one extra point here in my, my notes. Um, <laughs> which, this, one, this one is a big one because it made me pull my hair out. Um, he defeats the Sandman and the Rhino by essentially flash, flash freezing them. My God, that's not how water works. <laughs> well, Rhino, well, Rhino, he tricked him out. Science. Then, yeah, in order in order for water to flash freeze that quickly, we're talking like deeply sub zero temperatures here. Like <laughs> that doesn't work like that. So in other especially, words, especially especially moving water. So it's another, impossible. Yeah. So in other words, it's Stanley's science. This is. I don't know, man. This might be worse than Stanley's science. <laughs> At least you can explain Stanley's science by the rules of just being kind of cool. I don't. Uh, no pun intended in this case. Uh, like the stupid uh, web parachute that obviously wouldn't work. That kind of thing. But this, this is actually something that would exist in the real world. So you don't get an excuse for that. Um, but uh, but, but uh, overall, though, good episode. So I'd say it was like a B. Yeah, it's it's a really good episode. One, the, the it's a long fight scene, but it's, there's a lot of variety there. I like the um, the way the characters pair off. It's always fun to see Rhino and Sandman together. I mean, I just like their like their dynamic. You know, these two buddies who are supervillains beating the tar out of Spider-Man. And like I said, that scene, that line that Clancy Brown delivers, "I hate you so much," is my favorite line in the episode. <laughs> Just when he, and and the timing of that, that the comedic timing of him just sinking into the ice like that was that was well done. I enjoyed that. And Rhino's an idiot, so I can definitely buy Spidey luring him out into the ice, considering his weight. <laughs> and there were a lot of cameos in this episode. We have another early bird cameo of Shashan at Macy's. She's the elf, and a cameo I didn't notice until we interviewed Greg Wiseman about this last time. And the Santa Claus is Crusher Hogan. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah, of course, it'd be hard to tell because when we saw Crusher Hogan in the flashback, he was black and white, so didn't know he had a blonde mustache. Well, of course he has a blonde mustache. He's Hogan. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, brother. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so... Hogamania, run it wild, brother. So apparently after Spidey kicked his ass in, uh, in the cage match, Crusher's fallen on the harder times. Well, that that mirrors what happened to him in the comics, though. So that, that, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, and of course, and, yeah, and we have the uh, obviously you already mentioned the uh, cameo of Cleus Cassidy, and there's this, and I noticed on my TV, I, this probably wasn't meant to be a cameo, but there was a dark-haired woman at, and a patient scout at Ravencroft also, and part of me said, is that Shriek? Probably not. Nah. Shriek had a, like, super pale skin. But then again, I mean, redesigned for the show. We never know. Before she gets her powers. But, but they couldn't, wasn't Shriek a mutant? 
They never really they never really explained it. Like that was the odd thing about Shriek. I don't think she ever got a proper origin. Yeah, you you would think in the nineties it would be like, Oh yeah, everybody's a mutant. Mutants yeah. sell comics. <laughs> she, she, she had one of those like vaguely hinted at uh, origins that like kind of implied it was like a electro like accident or something like that, but they never really went into it. Presumably because they figured she would appear, make many appearances that she really ended up not. <laughs> and and Mateus like put her on the shelf for a little while and was like, oh, I'll play with her and Vermin later. <laughs> I, I need to I need to do this Ben Riley story called the Clone Saga. All, all kidding aside, though, uh, right before the Clone Saga and Amazing Spider-Man, there was a story called Shrieking. That's I actually remember, really good. Yeah, I remember that. That was a, that was a pretty good story. Yeah. Shrieking Carrion at the time, not yeah. Carrion. When people when certain people say Carrion, it drives me nuts. It's Carrion. It's a real word. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, Josh. <laughs> we love you, well, Josh. Well, in Josh's world, Carrion is hanging out with Anthony Sebra. <laughs> Serva. I've I've corrected him on that a million times. It never works. <laughs> it's his never head, gonna take. His, in his head cannon, it's Zebra. Okay. See, uh, <laughs> yeah. Clone Saga Chronicles, various episodes. Yeah, and and I'll and I'll admit, you know, the bad animation aside, watching the tree come down kind of makes me cringe. Not for the animation, because I see that tree every winter. I mean, it's a staple. It's uh, I'm a New Yorker. You don't want to watch that thing come down like that. It makes me cringe a bit, although watching Macy's get completely destroyed, it's fun. My mom used to work at that Macy's. She used to work in the jewelry department. It was the worst job she ever had. They treated her like complete shit there, and she actually saw that episode once, and she enjoyed watching the place get taken apart. <laughs> you know, you Bishanskis are all a bunch of sociopaths. You really are. <laughs> Jeez. My- my ex-wife's employed by Macy's now. <laughs> hey, we enjoy it in our fiction. We don't necessarily enjoy it in real life. Well, now, hold on a second now. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now who's a sociopath? <laughs> We've already established this. <laughs> Zach, are you saying that New Yorkers are sociopaths? If the shoe fits. Oh, my God. That, 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 that reminds me of that time I'm... Uh, if you're if you've ever had to draw something that you're not really familiar with, of course you know surrounding yourself with research is a big deal. So I remember once I was drawing a uh, just a, like a sample page or something like that. So I had a bunch of photographs of guns just taped up everywhere. <laughs> and I, had like, I was on like a Smith and Wesson website, so, and I remember I just have photos of like guns and weapons just all over my room. And then my mom walks in, she goes, "What's going on here?" And like I I had drawn like like a floor plan for, you know, like a scene where a scene is going to take place and I have all these weapons. She's like, oh my god. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not like what it looks like. Wait, wait. Are you referencing the page you drew for CSA? Uh, Maybe. I don't think that's what it was, but it might have been. <laughs> Either way, I just Because, like, you, you, had, you had me holding various guns, my character that was based on me, holding various guns. So I, I, I'm kind of wondering if it may well, have been. Well, no, no, no. no. It wasn't the various guns. It was always a forty-four magnum long barrel, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I, like I had figured that out early. But anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. It's just a joke about. Apparently, it's very believable that I would be planning a, a, a fucking attack on somebody. <laughs> believable enough that my mom immediately thought that was the case when she saw me looking at that stuff. What yeah, kind of terrorist? A, what kind of terrorist are you, Gerard? A terrifying terrorist. Apparently a lazy, apparently a lazy one because I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hear Homeland Security listens to this show because they have to keep us on watch. Oh, well, you know. Hi, DHS! <laughs> we'll talk more about Homeland Security in the next podcast. <laughs> oh, there's a tease. <laughs> yes. But um, there was a lot of great moments. There's a lot of gr- good character interplay. I mean, there was, uh, there was this moment where Mysterio calls out to warn Craven of the exploding robot. And I enjoy moments like this. I mean, the villains showing a bit of humanity every now and then. They're not just... Uh, Cardboard cutout. Look at how evil I am, bad guys. I mean, they're crooks, but you know what I mean. They're not out to hurt one another. Yeah. I love how I love how Mysterio is the only one that gets gets to gets to go to prison. Gee, you think the master planner has a master plan? I love. Uh, <laughs> 
I love Todd in that role. <laughs> I mean, Zan- Xander Berkeley. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was fun. So, Gerard, your grade? Are you done? I, get, I gave it a B. We're on to Greg. Zach, pay attention. Um, I, give, bad. I give it a B also. It's a good episode, a very good episode. Not one of my top favorites, but it's a strong episode. And um, like Gerard, you referenced earlier, maybe seeing the snow and Christmas in this 91-degree weather right now is... <laughs> Help me think cool. Help me cool off a bit. <laughs> You're not sending me to the cooler. <laughs> to start playing those uh, Ow. Yeah. <laughs> allow me to break the ice <laughs> we can fill the rest of this podcast with Schwarzenegger puns for that matter <laughs> yeah I know do you need, you need an extra time filled because we can <laughs> oh, I, I, you know I mean we're, we're not quite an hour but yeah. yeah is there anything we didn't cover in the episode no, I don't believe so I mean, it, it, it was mostly the fight scene, but it, but it was. But I, what, wait, what did we think of this lineup of the Sinister Six? Uh, Craven seems random, but they they had to kind of put him in there to get six people in the team. I guess. <laughs> to be fair, Craven seemed random in the sixties, also. Yeah. But although I do kind of like the idea of a Sinister Seven, I wouldn't mind seeing one eventually. And um, there was gra- one. And granted, this is getting into spoiler territory, but I do like that even though he's not there, the Sinister Six still belong to Dr. Octopus, as it should. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, like I mean, think about it, though. The classic lineup of the Six is finally here, because we got Kraven, we got uh, Sandman, we got... Rhino was pretty much the only one that wasn't a classic member. Mysterio was already introduced... Um, at that point, think about the original Lee Ditko lineup of the six and take away Rhino and replace him with Doc Ock, you actually have the classic lineup. Yeah, I think Greg once said at one point, back when the show was still in production a long time ago, that he planned to have a different lineup for the six every season. Hmm. Interesting. That could have been fun. I mean, especially with other villains being introduced later on, I mean, I would have liked to have seen the actual classic lineup at some point, and I think he's enough of a of a Lee Romita Ditko fanboy to have eventually done it. I mean, they're they're no Insidious Six or anything like that, but (laughs) (laughs) Chameleon told me to Six. Think I'm stupid, don't ya? Oh, all this time, Spider Man was just a robot. (laughs) (laughs) You poorly dressed excuse for a man. I love how, like, Shocker's still to this day. My favorite thing about the 90s show is that he's wearing his prison uniform over his suit. (laughs) (laughs) We've referenced that before. We will reference it again. Or or how about in the the black costume episode where his suit gets blown off, everything except his mask? (laughs) (laughs) He has his mask and his boxers. <laughs> Gerard, yeah. that wasn't the Black Costume Saga. That was the Insidious Six episode. You like that show way more than I do, and I'm schooling you on it. Ooh, oh yeah, there. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Because the Black, oh yeah, the Black Costume Saga is where he just cry. All right, yeah, yep, you're right. I got it mixed uh-huh. up. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, you know I have a very poor memory, so the fact that I even remembered that is a stretch for me. And now you know that I have to edit in Christopher Daniel Barnes from Shocker. So I'm going to do that right now. Oh, yeah, that was all. <laughs> I love hearing that clip. The one that I just oh. heard in my head. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Shocker as part of the lineup last time, but it makes sense that he's not here this time. He's really part of the big man's camp, not really Doc Ox. Yep, true story. And um, I think we've covered everything about it. I give the episode a B. I think we, gave, I think we all gave the episode a B. It sounds pretty unanimous. Actually, Zach gave it a B+. Plus. Oh, he did. a good try. So, B, B, B plus. Good episode. We all liked it, and I hope you all liked it, too. And um, tune in next time when we finish the Master Planner Saga.
And don't forget to write us at SpectacularRadio at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail, 818-925-6631. Yeah, please leave us a voicemail. We would love to do that. So far, we've only had one person do that, and then he ended up appearing on the same episode we played his voicemail on. That was a little bit awkward. And uh, Zach, answers the, <laughs> Zach promises he won't answer the phone this time. <laughs> you say that every time, and, and I'll never make you forget we were robbed of a Ron Friends uh, call on Mayday Mondays because of you. Hey, Ron, well, you you were robbed of a Ron Friends call. I got a Ron Friends conversation out of it. <laughs> hey, Ron you, Friends. Hey, Ron Friends. Mother. What do you think of a spectacular Spider-Man? Call in. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that, I guess we'll uh, see you next time here on the Spy Dude Radio Network. Well, listen here. There are times when you get suckered in by drugs and alcohol and sex with women, okay? But it's when you do these things too much that you've become an addict and must get back in touch. You can do it. It's all up to you, okay? With a little plan, you can change your life today. You don't have to spend your life addicted to smack. Homeless on the streets giving hand jobs for crack. Follow my plan and very soon you will say it's easy and good. Step one, instead of ass, say buns. Like kiss my buns or you're a buns hole. Step two, instead of shit, say poo. As in bull, poo, poo, head in this poo is cold. Step three, with bitch, drop the tea. Cause Bic is Latin for generosity. Step four, don't say fuck anymore. Cause fuck is the worst word that you can say. So just use the word okay. We can do it, it's all up to us. Okay. I hate you so much. <laughs>